This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. VAR controversy, a David Luiz defensive horror show and Liverpool knowing they won't be getting any favours when it comes to securing the Premier League title. Even after three months away, the Premier League hasn't changed all that much, but brilliant as it is to have it back. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome to this special live edition of The Agenda here on the Blood Red channel. Alongside me, Matt Addison, as we get ready to react to the opening night, the return night of Project Restart in the Premier League. Matt, I hope you're well. And uh, well, we've just a couple of things to get into. An eventful return for Premier League football. Yeah, exactly that, isn't it? It's uh, one of those uh, occasions, really, that we'll remember, I think, for a few years to come, that time when we had Premier League football back in June. It's a a strange sort of time of year. We saw the weather was absolutely bonkers. Everything that happened in in all of the matches was was absolutely crazy. And it's just peak Premier League, isn't it, really? It's it's something we've come to get used to, that sort of drama over the the last few years. Um, And yeah, Tonight was was no different, but yeah, look, it's fantastic to have it back. And as you say, loads and loads and loads of things to go into. Yeah, we'll get into the first game in good time. Nil-nil between Aston Villa and Sheffield United, but that doesn't tell half the tale. But we best start at the Etihad, the game that has just finished. Man City 3, Arsenal 0. And well, the initial implication, of course, meaning that Liverpool know they can't now win the title at Goodison Park on Sunday. No, I mean, it, it was sort of the expected outcome, I think. I think most Liverpool fans expected Manchester City to, to win, maybe not quite with so much ease as what we've seen them do tonight. Uh, but look, they've they've torn Arsenal apart plenty of times over the last few seasons. I think that's you know fair to say, and, and we've seen that happen again. So yeah, it looks like if Liverpool beat Everton at the weekend, they will be able to, to win the league at Anfield, which I think is a positive thing. I think obviously without fans, it's not quite so important, but uh, still... I think it will be a nice little memory for, for the players to actually do it at home rather than away from home. I think, you know, OK, it didn't matter quite as much without fans being there, but I think it was still the, the preference, really, for, for most people. So yeah, I think there'll be a, a fair few relieved Everton fans. I think Liverpool fans probably want it, it done sooner rather than later. But look, there's, there's no two ways about it. Wherever it happens, Liverpool are, are going to win the Premier League this season. Yeah, the the first goal of the return, Raheem Sterling getting his first goal of 2020 in the Premier League and that coming on the, the 17th of June. Don't think anyone probably saw it being that late. But uh, in terms of, of course, the way the game went, I suppose there's one man who Liverpool fans, I suppose, in many ways have to thank for being able to secure the title at Anfield and that being David Luiz, a man who... Well, he's known for his lapses in concentration defensively. He started the game on the bench. A couple of injuries, which I suppose is a talking point within itself that Arsenal had early on in that game. David Luiz comes on. I think he spent a, a grand total of 25 minutes on the field of play. He had a hand in the first goal, gave away the penalty and got sent off for what led to Man City's second as well. Yeah, I mean, again, a typical David Luiz performance, really. I mean, he does have his moments. We've seen, you know, free kicks and, and certain performances where he's done exceptionally well. But he does have far too many of these errors in him. And certainly on the, the penalty, it was 100% the, the right decision to send him off. Absolutely no attempt made to, to play the ball. And he just grabs hold of, of Mares and he, he just can't seem to resist. We've seen it so many times with him. As soon as someone goes past him, he just doesn't really learn from his, his previous mistakes. And... But we've seen that penalty and that foul. I think he did exactly the same. I think it was last season 
uh, on Mo Salah at Anfield and, and just drags the player back. And I think off the top of my head, Anthony Taylor was the, the referee on that occasion too. So look, he has so much history of, of doing this. It's, it's no surprise. So yeah, look, it's uh, a, a bit of a problem, I think, for, for Arsenal to, to solve. And for me, from a Liverpool perspective, you just you compare someone like Van Dijk or, or Joe Gomez to, to the way that David Luiz and, and the whole Arsenal defence plays and it, it's just complete, complete opposite. You look at the way that Van Dijk is so patient and, and so sort of, you know, you know he goes about his, his defending it in such a, a way and with such confidence, um, whereas David Luiz, it, it just looks like he just does whatever comes to the top of his head at the time. And, and quite often that's the wrong sort of way of going about it. So yeah, as, as soon as Mara's knocked the ball past him, you just, you feared the worst. And, and unfortunately for Arsenal, the worst happened. Do we get a sense from certainly that game that maybe we might see quality shine through? We've spoken a fair bit, even on the Blood Red podcast about Bundesliga and how home advantage seems to have gone out the window and effectively sides with deeper squads, bigger squads, effectively better squads, no reason to, to beat around the bush, are having more success. And obviously, you'd like to think that bodes well for Liverpool. Yeah, definitely. I think Manchester City are the best example. You look at the players that they had on the bench to come on. I mean, obviously, the, the additional substitutes rule, as you allude to there, does sort of favour the, the bigger teams. And I think, obviously, Manchester City were going to win no matter who they brought off the bench today. That was quite clear right from the beginning but yeah in future matches certainly you'd expect that to, to benefit uh, teams I mean certainly those who have still got a great deal to play for that will will certainly benefit them I mean for Liverpool maybe it benefits them slightly differently maybe it means that someone like Harvey Elliott might get a few more minutes certainly Curtis Jones you'd imagine as well so yeah certainly benefits for the bigger teams but I suppose the way in that it, it you know sort of the the way in that uh, the benefit comes about maybe is, is slightly different. Yeah, it certainly is. And well, as I say, there there are a number of talking points to get into it from, from both games. We'll get into the second game very shortly, but I just wanted to then look on the injury side of things. Arsenal did get a couple of injuries in that game, certainly in the first half. Granite Xhaka going off very early on. That seemed to be a twisted ankle as the ball was kicked at him, somewhat of a freak accident. But Pablo Mari, the, the guy who had to go off for David Luiz to come on, seems to have done some kind of damage to his Achilles. We don't have any official confirmation on that, of course, given it's the game's only just finished. But that being one worry that some people have had regarding this rushed return to football. Pep Guardiola spoke about it himself before the game. Yeah, I think certainly the, the Shaka one, that would have happened anyway. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But yeah, certainly the, the Mari one, potentially it, it's come about because he hasn't played a great deal of football. And look, it, it's something that we, we don't know what's going to happen between now and the end of the season. It, it's something that we'll only be able to look back on in, in hindsight, really. It, it's something that I'm sure a lot of you know statistics and, and data will look back on. But Look, it's it's going to be the same for every team. No team has has played for the last few months, so you know if everyone starts getting little injuries here and there, then you know in terms of the playing field, it's not going to be too unfair, I don't think. But yeah, it's uh, it, again, it, it's a side effect, if you like. I think the the main thing is that that football is back. I don't think there was really too much of a, an option with that, and you know the, there are going to be positives, there there are going to be negatives, and. And if little muscular injuries like that are, are going to come about and, and be a bit more frequent, well, you know, I think that sort of is the reason why we've we've increased the number of substitutes in the Premier League. So, 
I don't know the data off the top of my head from from Germany, but I think there has been an increase in those injuries. Unfortunately, it's just one of those things that the players and, and the clubs are going to have to adapt to, just like you know everything else that they're going to have to change and, and sort of match up with the, the new normal, if you like. Is one main thing then that really that shines through tonight the fact that the message for Liverpool is very clear. We've had a few people get in touch with us. Tim Lamb uh, is, is one of those who says we're going to win the league. And who knew 22 says win two games, win the title. Simple as. And I suppose that is the clarity that comes out of tonight that Liverpool know they win two games for definite now and they will be champions regardless. Obviously, Man City do have to play Burnley before that game with Crystal Palace. But it is two wins for Liverpool and they'll be champions. Yeah, it's sort of the same scenario as, as what we knew going into tonight, isn't it? I'm sure, you know, football fans across the country would have had their eye on these games just because they are the first couple of games back after the, the Premier League's been away for so long. But as you say, for Liverpool, a little bit of added extra importance. And look, if, if Arsenal could have done something tonight, then obviously that would have changed things for Liverpool. But, you know, Liverpool have been preparing now for, for the last four months or so to, to go and win these next two matches. And you know the the fact that there'll be no fans in the stadium, I think, plays into Liverpool's hands. Certainly, um, against Everton, you'd think that you know they're they're more likely to to go there and win. Now, there's not going to be that intimidating atmosphere that we've seen in the past. So, yeah, there's there's no reason to to think that Liverpool can't go into these matches, pick up the full six points, and and win the league really in record time, and and hopefully go on and, and win it by a record points total too. So. Yeah, I think it's uh, whatever happened tonight, Liverpool were, were in a, a really positive position. As you say, though, a little bit more clarity is, is never a bad thing. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. Before we, we move on to the uh, Aston Villa-Sheffield United game, worth saying that our, our thoughts, of course, with Eric Garcia, who was in a heavy collision with goalkeeper Edison towards the end of the game, 11 minutes added time as he was stretched off the pitch. We do hope, obviously, that he has a, a full and healthy recovery from all of that. But we, we best get into what was then the first game uh, back for the Premier League, and that being at Villa Park. Sheffield United were the visitors, and this game, the big controversial moment, Matt, all centering around the 42nd minute when Oliver Norwood's in swinging free kick. Looked as though it went over the line, but did it? Surely it did. Yes, it 100% did. I think that was uh, fairly clear after a few minutes and, and a few replays had gone in. And I suppose, it, again, it was sort of classic Premier League and it wasn't the best quality at times, but that drama and the controversy and, and VAR and all of that sort of thing is is what we're talking about. So, yeah, look, it, it didn't take long, did it, for us to, to get back onto the, uh, the officials' backs again. But to be honest, I don't think either Michael Oliver or the assistant really could have done too much because... Look, you're relying on that watch to, to work. And unfortunately, for the first time, really, since uh, this technology has been brought in, it just didn't uh, tonight. So it's, yeah, look, it's it could make a big difference in the Premier League this season. So it is it is slightly worrying if, if Sheffield United, for example, were to miss out on the European places after the fantastic season they've had. I'm sure they will look back on tonight as being, you know, a big, big moment and a big reason for that. But look, I think, you know, Chris Wilder, for him, obviously, the the achievement this season or the the objective going into it was was simply to stay up. So whatever happens, they've had a fantastic season. There might just be a, a little niggling doubt in the back of people's minds that it could have even been two points better. 
Yeah, and Hawkeye have come out with a statement themselves this evening saying that it's the first time in 9,000 games that they've had the technology that this sort of, I suppose it is a, a dark spot, a blind spot for the technology that the ball's been carried over the line and it's not been able to spot it with all the different camera angles that are going on. And the, the PGMOL have said under the IFAB protocol, the VAR is able to check goal situations. However, due to the fact that the on-field match officials didn't receive a signal and the unique nature of that, the VAR did not intervene. And there were discussions whilst the Premier League was away as to whether or not VAR would be used for these final runs of, of games. And it was felt, obviously, due to the integrity of the competition, having used them for the, the previous 29 rounds, 28 in obviously some clubs' cases, that they did need to use it through the course of the whole season. But I suppose it does only sort of louden the calls for those who want to, to get VAR scrapped. Yeah, it does. I'm sure there'll be a new round of, of debate and discussion now off the back of this. But for me, once VAR came in, which obviously it, it's been in for a while now, it was never going to go away. So it's one of those things that it, it's here now. And, and whether people like it or not, whether people think it's the right thing to have done, I just think once you've brought the technology in, to take it out again would, would just cause even more problems. So look, I, I've been a, a big fan of it and a big advocate of it from the start, to be honest. I think it does disrupt the way that the games go sometimes and unfortunately on, on tonight's uh, evidence it, it didn't quite work as it probably should have done but but referees are, are human and you know it, it's not a robot it's technology which helps humans and unfortunately the humans haven't quite got it right on this occasion so look it, as I said it, it's massively massively unjust towards Sheffield United but unfortunately for them there's nothing they can do about that now other than move on and, and hopefully go on and win a couple more games before the end of the season so look as someone who's refereed matches at a lower level I think any referee will say they want it um, but yeah th there's no two ways about it even for someone who's as big a fan of it as I am it just hasn't gone quite right today. No, Madison, part of the the referees' union there with very diplomatic response, if I do say so myself, Matt. But away from the two matches in isolation, the Premier League return as a whole, we've seen on television the crowd noises and just the whole, I suppose, spectacle of it, how, how the games are going to play out. We'd seen a bit of Bundesliga action and wondered how it would be. What are your thoughts on, A, the, the televisual broadcast that you get to see and effectively the product on show from the Premier League? Yeah, I think the main thing is is always going to be the quality of the games. And we've seen that in the Bundesliga that, you know, it, it maybe took the, the first half or the first game for some teams to get back up to, to scratch, but they have done that and it, it's worked really well. I think obviously the, the sound noises, the, the fact that you get the option to, to have the crowd noises or not, I think is a good thing. Personally, I, I chose to have them. I think it's worked really well in the Bundesliga. I was pleasantly surprised when they, they brought that in on, on BT Sport in the UK. And yeah, I mean, I, I chose to have it. Again, it, it's not quite up there with the Bundesliga standards yet. But again, it, it's the first couple of matches back. So I'm sure, you know, that will improve the person pressing the button or, or however it works will we'll get better as the weeks go by. And again, it, it's something we're going to have to get used to. So yeah, the, the main thing is that the players get back up to, to speed quickly. I think Manchester City certainly did that tonight. Arsenal, maybe not quite so much, but you know who knows what's going to happen in, in the next few games. So, yeah, I think it, it's hugely, hugely positive that, that the, the game is back. Obviously, it's not normal. It's not back in the, the way that we know and love, but look, that's 
just not an option at the moment. So I think certainly for, for the next few months, this is how we're going to have to watch football. And it's better than nothing at the very, very least. But certainly from my perspective, I've enjoyed the Bundesliga. And uh, yeah, very glad that the, the Premier League is now back too. Yeah, and final point, it all seems to whet the appetite. The Premier League action returning and of course, the, uh, the photos we saw out of training today from Melwood, Liverpool obviously stepping up their preparations to take on Everton. The only man we didn't see pictured though, Mohamed Salah. Yeah, it's uh, a slight scare, but I don't think Liverpool fans should be too concerned just yet. It, it could easily just be a, a precaution or, or whatever. There are certain training sessions in which players do sit out. That's perfectly normal. And, you know, they, they did miss... Uh, a game last week, I think it might have been the 11v11 between the players or, or possibly the Blackburn friendly. I can't remember which, but you know Salah and Robertson did sit that one out. So look, it's just one of those things. I, I don't think people should read too much into it at this stage. It's it's a slight concern just a few days away from from Liverpool playing again, but you know, I, I would still, you know, w- without having any inside knowledge of of what went went on or, or why the the players didn't come out and play today. Look it. It's not something to be too concerned about. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if if Mohamed Salah started at Goodison Park on Sunday. So that would, of course, be a, a huge boost for Liverpool. But even without him, I think they've they've still got enough to go into that game and win it, which is, you know, for, for Liverpool fans, at least the main thing. Yeah, Andy Robertson was pictured in those, those photos of training at Melwood on Wednesday, as was Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who picked up a knock in that game against Blackburn Rovers last week. Well, full steam ahead then for Liverpool. They know their title destiny remains, of course, in their own hands and that they can secure that title with two wins. And the quickest possible way of doing that would be at home to Crystal Palace at Anfield after, of course, the small matter of a Merseyside derby at Goodison Park. From myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison here on the agenda on the Blood Red channel. Thanks for your time and your company. Keep yourself safe and well. Until next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel.